The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. This daf is being studied in honor of Musa and Shela Gindi, Hashem Mishmirem Vihayim, dedicated by Yossi, Hashem Mishmirem Vihayehu, to school of Mitzvot. Today's daf is being studied in Ishmat, Avraham ben Esther, Ruach Hashem, Tanihanu Begin Eden, Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Ishmat, Nerfuash Shelema, Nerfuash Shelema, Yosef ben Sarah, and Sarah Bat Rachel. We begin today's daf on Pebet Amud Rishon and we are eight lines down. Kemara begins Gabla. There was a certain fellow, So he fell to the Mitzvah of Yibum in the city of Matam So the brother wanted to give the Yivama get in order to possess him from the other brother. Let's review the laws of Yibum for a second. Halakha says that the one that makes Yibum is Yoresh, inherits the deceased. You know, with the lady comes an inheritance. With the Yivama comes the inheritance. So the other brother, the younger brother there, he didn't want uh, his older brother, let's say, to make Yibum and take all the inheritance for himself. So he wants to posel the Yivama onto his brother. How does he posel that? By giving her a get. We learned in Masechet Yivamot that once the Yivama was given a get by one of the brothers, automatically she becomes Pasul uh, to everybody. And what does he gain by that? Now already they split the deceased's property evenly. So this was uh, what he wanted to do. So the Yivamot says, Amaleh. So the older brother tells him, My da'atech. What, uh, what, what, what are you thinking? Why do you want to lose? Because of the money, you're trying to sabotage this uh, situation here so you can get the money, the inheritance. I'm split the money with you. We had a similar story, if you remember, on yesterday's daf on the Amud Bed, a story that happened in Pompidita. Uh, the same story. So he comes along and says, Don't worry, that's what you're worried about, the, uh, the money, I'll give you half. So the younger brother tells him, "Mistafina I'm concerned that you're going to do to me like the trickster in Pumpedita did. Mm-hmm. We read the story on yesterday's daf where the brother told him, the story came to Pumpedita exactly like this. So the brother told him, listen, don't worry about it, I'll give you half. <coughs> then I went to the rabbi, of Yosef, and of Yosef said, means nothing. Make the boom, take the whole uh, inheritance. You have no right uh, to, you know, to offer him half of the Yerusha. Just like uh, you know that the Avam doesn't have a right to sell it, uh, even when he has it in his jurisdiction, doesn't have a right also to give it away. So therefore, he says, "I'm worried. You're giving me half. I'm worried you're going to do to me what the, what this guy, this crook in Pumpedita did. That you know, he also made that deal. That the deal was nullified, and the brother ended up getting nothing." So Yibara says, Amar So the older brother tells him, Don't worry. Ibaid, if you want, 
Pinog lach which means I'll give it to you from now, which means make a kinyan now on the nechassim, on the uh, assets, in order, on condition, that you're making a kinyan now, that in the event that I make you boom and bring her you know, as my wife, you will be zocher on half of the nechassim. Which means the brothers actually... They were aware of the story of Pumpedita on the other daf, and they were aware of Rabbi Yosef's ruling that the uh, Kenyan is not a Kenyan. But they thought the Kenyan is not a Kenyan is because they made it before the Nechassim went into the Yibum's possession. So they would try to solve that by saying, make the Kenyan now, and it'll be Hal on the condition that I make a yibum, so it's like the, the kinyan is like pending, and once I make the yibum, and the money goes into your possession, then the kinyan that I made now will be hal. They thought in Abu Yosef's case, everything was being done now. So he's saying, they thought that you can't do it now, because it didn't go into the yibum, Yavam's possession yet. So they figured they'll solve that, by making the kinyan now, al minat, that when the Yavam gets married, now the money all goes into his possession, now he has rights to it, and then it'll be transferred back to the, uh, to, to, the, to the younger brother that made the Kenyan. That's what they were uh, planning on doing uh, to, to make the Kenyan uh, work. So comes the Gemara and says, Look at plug me hashtag. We'll split it from now. Ha'hazek me'alkecha me'akshav. Va'afalpi she'ena akshav kenuyalak ad she'ichnos. Which means it's not going to be given to you until I get married, till, till he makes you boom. O shahlok le sheikhnos ve iske bechulan, zeche atab bechalkecha alpi shehazaktich meachshav. Which means you'll be zoche now by the kinyad that you made based on what happens later when I make the, uh, the consummation. So that was the, uh, that was the deal. Okay. So it's like I said, it's a kinyad that's pending. It's not, it's not working retroactively either. It's working on making the Maasek Kenyan now. It's to be Hal at a later time. They thought for some reason that that would work. Again, they thought that Abu Yosef, the only reason why he said it was no good is because they were doing everything now. Make the Kenyan now and they can't do it. They have to, they have to, but if they would make it Aminat uh, later, it would be okay. So the Gemara says, Amar Mor Baravashi Afal Gav Dechi Ataravdimi Amar Abu Yohanan. Ha'omer lachavero. Guy tells his friend, Lech umshoch parazu. I tell him, go pull this uh, para. Ve'lo tiye kenuyalach ela lachar shiloshim yom. Go pull the para, but I don't want the kinyan tachal till after thirty days. So it's a similar situation. You have a delayed kinyan. Yabara says lachar shiloshim yom kana. After thirty days, the kinyan is chal. Ve'afidu omedet ba'agam. Even if, let's say, the cow is walking in the agam, in, let's say, the, uh, the, the swamp area, where you cannot make a kenyan in the swamp, you cannot get to the swamp area, it doesn't matter. After 30 days, the kenyan is hot. So you do see from this episode that what? A kenyan can be delayed. Kamara says, Hatam biyado. The only reason why that works is because it's biyado. Because if he would want to make the kenyan immediately, he would be able to. Which is when the guy uh, uh, made a kinyan <coughs> at that point on the cow. At that point when he made the kinyan, if he didn't want to delay it, he could have made the kinyan immediately. So any kinyan that can be made immediately, 
we don't care if you, you have the right to delay it. Because it could have been, could have been done on the spot. However, <laughs> But here it's Because at the time that they made the Kenyan, the money was not in the possession of the Yavam. And since the money was not in the possession of the Yavam, the Kenyan is not going to, to work. So therefore the Gemara is really saying, this delayed Kenyan is not an item. It does not work. Because bottom line, at the time of this Kenyan, was the younger brother able to seize the assets? No, no nobody was able to seize the assets. They didn't fall into the Yavam's uh, Yishut They only fall into the Yavam's Yishut when they get married, he inherits. So therefore, the, what I want to say, this Kenyan is not a Kenyan at all. <coughs> they have to assume over here as well, well, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll read one more line in the Gemara, then we'll make the assumptions. Comes the Gemara and says, what do you mean? When Ravin came from Eris Yisrael to Babel, Amar Abu Yohanan, he said in the name of Abu Yohanan, that in that same case of the Parah, where he makes a delayed Kenyan, it's no Kenyan, it doesn't work, so we have a stira. So the Gemara says, Lakashya. Had Amar le Kene me'akshav, which means it depends on what the uh, statement was made when you made this delayed Kenyan. There's one case where a guy says, which means where you're working it retroactively. I want to acquire it now, make the Kenyan now, but I wanted to de- de- delay this Kenyan not to be hal now till after 30 days. But after 30 days, what's happening? It's working. Retroactively, that the Kenyan is happening now. That's one case. Uh, that case over there works. But in the case where he doesn't say Kenyan, which in Mamash he just makes a Kenyan, and he says, I don't want this Kenyan to be until after 30 days, where he's not retroacting of it, he's putting it delayed, then already the Kenyan is not a Kenyan. So I guess the, the logic we have to say, what's intrinsically the difference here, really? What's the difference between uh, when a guy says, or he says, uh, why is one good and one is not? So, when you're saying it's retroactively, the ma'asek kinyan that you did is going to have halut at the time that you made the kinyan. It's just working retroactively. Retroactively, the Kenyan happens at the time that you made the the Meshikha. When the guy pulled the para, ultimately the Kenyan is going to happen at that time. We're just delaying it for 30 days. Okay, so the Hadush of the Gemara, you can delay a Kenyan, but when it's going to hit, it's hitting at the time that you you pulled it. But the Gemara cannot accept, because it works retroactively, but the Gemara cannot accept that you do something now, and it's not activated until... After 30 days. At the time of 30 days, nothing happened. So what do you want to say? At 30 days, what you did then is going to be hal. Now, right now you didn't do anything. So therefore the Gemara wants to make a chiluk if it's retroactive or not retroactive. That's the Gemara's way of answering the stira in the case of the uh, para. Comes the... <coughs> now, the, the assumption of the, uh, of the Gemara over here in this whole story is that there was no she'abud on the nechassim. Because if there's a she'abud on the nechassim for the ketubah, so then already even after he gets uh, married, he can't do anything because he can't even sell these uh, properties. So after some of it, we're going like the opinion that says 
that there's no shabud on nechasim on money for the ketubah. So that's why he was just saying, wait till we get married, and then uh, you'll be able to, you know, make the uh, <coughs> make the kinyan now for, for after. But uh, the Gemara said that that doesn't work ultimately in this case because you, since you can't make the kinyan now, so it's not going to work after. Because bottom line, by the cow case, when he makes the mishichan, the cow tightly. He could make the Kenyan right now and, and finish it. Without the conditions, the Kenyan could be hal. Mm-hmm. In the case of the Nechassim, of the Yibum, before marriage, you cannot make a Kenyan on it because it's not his. So then when you want to say, 30 days, or after I get married, I want it to go retroactively, but it doesn't matter. Since right now, you cannot make a Kenyan Damur, so therefore you're not even allowed to make a, a stipulative uh, uh, Kenyan. Comes Gavrak continues. <coughs> ba'umine <coughs> That what? They're frozen. They're going according to the opinion that's saying now the assets are frozen, so therefore you cannot give them away. So they're going to ask another question. Let's say you uh, divided the assets before the Yibum. So the Gemara did nothing either. So the Gemara doesn't understand the line of questions over here. The Gemara asks, If you're telling me that he made the Hiluk after he got married, the possessions technically are by him. You're telling me it's nothing. Do you have to tell me that before they got the Yibum that you can't divide them? It, means it doesn't make sense. You don't have to tell me that. Once you tell me that even after they're married, they cannot, they cannot give the, the assets to his brother. Well, the more so that before they got married, can they give them to his brother? So what, is the, what is the Gemara giving you the two cases? The Gemara says, Shnei Ma'asim Avu. You're right. It was two stories. The Gemara is not giving it to you as a halakha uh, <coughs> per se. The Gemara is just relating over two stories that took place. And that's how it happened. Where a guy came along and asked, you know, after I'm married, can I uh, give my uh, assets to my brother? And another guy came along and said, it was before I was married, can I give the assets to my brother? So I'm just relaying the two stories. And that's not uh, not, not to be learned as a, uh, you know, one, two cases. It's to be learned as two episodes that took place in the Bet Medad. So I'm just relating the, uh, the stories. <coughs> Which means, I just say, the rabbi that asked uh, the question on... Uh, uh, can you uh, split the property after Yibum? Right? Or, or, or he didn't hear the uh, the other case. If he would have heard the, the other case, uh, he wouldn't have said his case. He, he thought uh, his case was the only case that came to the uh, Midrash. So he said it. The other rabbi didn't hear the other one. So therefore he said his case. So, but uh, once you know both cases, you only need, you only need one. Mm-hmm. But the Gemara says, Bottom line, the halakha is that he did nothing. Whether it's before or whether it's after, because like we're learning that there's a shabud on the uh, properties, and therefore he cannot sell the properties, and therefore since he cannot sell the properties, he cannot give them away as well, even after marriage. So we learned in our Mishnah, going further, So let's review. According to the Hakamim, we said in the Mishnah, there's a mahluk between the Bimir and Hakamim. 
What's the mahloka? How do you look at metaltalin? So Rabbi Meir said the shi'mud is on the metaltalin as well. There's a lien on the uh, movables as well. That means if a lady brings in, let's say, cash, <laughs> Rabbi Meir's opinion was take the cash, sell it, buy karka. There's a lien on the land now for the ketubah, and the husband eats perot. The husband brings in perot, let's say. That's like cash. The perot may not attach to the ground. Sell the perot, buy karka, in the same situation. And uh, Rabbi Hakim, you argue on that. Hakim said, no. He brings in cash. The cash is uh, his. He brings in uh, 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 movables. There's no, there's no, there's no uh, uh, lien on these uh, movable items. It goes to the husband. Good. Because the husband is really Yoresh, the uh, brother. Right? But the only hadush is they put a lien on the uh, on the kitubah, on the properties. That's a, but not on metatani. But then the rabbis came along and said, but let's say there's a field with fruit on the field. So to that, the hachamim came along and said, if there's a field with fruit, it belongs to the to the, uh, to the husband. <coughs> now we assume that the land doesn't belong to the husband. The land is a lien, obviously. But the fruit that are on the field are going to belong to the Husband, he could take the uh, the pedals. Okay, that was the shita of the hakamim. So comes Gemaran says, Amai, why should that be? Ve'akol nechasin acharayin ve'arbayin nechtubata. What do you mean? All the assets are obligated for the ketubah, and these perot they came in attached to the ground. And the Gemaran assuming over here as a given. That perot mehumbarim lekarka are considered like karka, and if a hackage you tell me to be meir, tells me to take the perot. What are you talking about? These are these are mortgages already. There's a there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lien on these properties. Now, <clears throat> the Gemara is taking this as a as a clear assumption that the perot on the karka are considered like karka. Mm-hmm. Now we really have to remind ourselves and ask a very strong question. That if you remember, we had another shita of hakamim regarding perot that were mechubar, the karka legabe, the law of nechsemid log, where a lady, let's say, brings in properties to the to the marriage. So we said, let's say she brings in the money. Okay, everybody agrees. You take the money, <coughs> sell it, buy field. She holds the karka and he eats perot. That's the way nechsemid log work. And then we had a shita of hakamim. Same rabbis that they said by Niximilog, if let's say he brings in, uh, she brings in a field, and the field have uh, perot on them, mm-hmm. okay, so he holds that those perot are really uh, belonging to the husband. And what's the logic? Because they said that perot, you go after the likita, you go after when you, when you pluck them. Even though they grew in her domain, they, they grew by her before she got married, but it doesn't matter. Once she brings them, uh, brings them in, or they grew, even she was mad, they grew by her, the point is, and now they fall to her. So now, the hitush is that since at the time of the plucking, they're by the husband, so therefore, even though they're attached to the ground now, they belong to the husband. So the Gemara was assuming that. So the Mepharshi may ask a question, so what's the shayla over here? Just work with that logic, it goes after the plucking. And since it goes after the plucking, it's considered perot. What's the Gemara saying, what do you mean, but it's karkan... The karka is karka, but the perot on the karka is not considered karka. So what's the Gemara asking a question? Oh, it's mortgaged already. How could there be? How could I come say Hare Elushelo? What about Hare Elushelo? Because the perot, <coughs> and so, so they're attached to the ground. So what? Hakamim held in the last mishnah the perot are attached to the ground. Let's look at the shelo because Barul at the time when he picks them, they were in his domain. So why, why is the Gemara not assuming the simple fact that we established on the 
No, in, 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 in the previous Mishnayot. <coughs> That's the question. So let's see uh, Rashi. Let's read Rashi. Rashi asked this question. That's she towards the bottom of the Amudis. Uh, three lines before they get wide. Let's read Rashi. That's the question. Anything that's attached to the ground is considered like the ground. So how could you tell me the husband eats the pirot? Everything is mortgaged for the ketubah. Rashi's question. See Rashi's question? It's not similar to the case of Mehubarim by Nikhsem Milog. What do we say by the Mehubarim of Nikhsem Milog? Hareel Shiro. So why don't you so why don't you assume that uh, over here? They are Pira Tiknule Rabbanan. Because over there, what's the law of Nikhsem Milog? The husband eats Pirot. We have a principle. The husband eats Pirot. And therefore, when the perot are attached to the ground, they're considered peri. The gamre birshuta, birshute, because they finish in his possession, meaning they're plucked in his possession, so there's no problem. Abalacha karna upira didehu. In this case over here, really everything is the husband's. This is not a nechsebelog. This is yirusha. Really, according to the strict law, the husband owns the field and he also owns the perot. But what? But the rabbis came along and put a shi'bud on the properties for the ketubah. Which means, whatever the shi'bud was on, it's not going to come off. Which is when the original husband was alive, there was a shi'bud on this, on this karka. And not only on the karka, whatever is... Mechubat to the karka is considered like karka. So when it comes to having a shabud on it, so the shabud was on it already. So therefore, yeah, what are you do? You inherited something that has a shabud on it. Because kulam mechubat lekarka kekarka. But she'en ken in the case over there of the nechsem milog, the rule is husband gets perot and um, and she keeps the kenin, and therefore this is considered a regular case. This is perot yours because you get them in your possession. In your possession, you pluck when you pluck them, they're yours now. And therefore there's no problem. Masha'i can hear you inherited items that inherently have a shamur on them from the beginning. So you want to, you want to split it down and eat the pirot? You can eat the pirot. So that's why the Kibbutz is asking, how do the hachamim justify that the uh, uh, husband gets to eat these uh, pirot? So the Kibbutz answers, Amar Shakish, you're right. Tini Shela. Change the Mishnah. Which means instead of saying that the perot ashelo, say that the perot ashela, meaning there's a lien on those uh, perot, and he can't touch the perot. You're right, he cannot touch the perot. What did Amishnah say? Amishnah says perot shelo. I was wondering, but there's a lien on it. You're right, there is a lien on it. He can't touch the perot. Say perot shela. Let's change it. Rashi, velo pidi rabbanan ale. The rabbis only argue on Rabbi Meir. Ela atilushim vekesafim. They only argue on monies. Ulmema de lo mishabedim metatilik tubata. The machlok of Rabbi Meir and Hachamim now in the Mishnah is our metaltalin mishrobat for a ketubah. But when the perot are attached to the ground, in machlok. Everybody agrees, perot mechumarim le karka ke karka dami. And therefore, what the shabud is on the karka and the perot. Let's go back further. Quote from the Mishnah. Kenasa harei ki ishto. What do we say in the Mishnah? Once the uh, Yavam marries the Yavama, it's his wife. Wife for all practical purposes. Yeah. So the Gemara asks, "Lemayil chetah." What do you mean? What's the? What do you mean? What's the hadush? 
Yitamiyo, when a person makes Yibum, his wife is considered his wife for practical purposes. What are these practical purposes that you're talking about? Amar bi Yosef bi Halina lomar shem migarashab beget umachzira. That's a regular life. That now if you want to divorce her, you need a get. What's the point? Of course you need a get. No, it means you don't need a halita anymore. Which means before you made your boom, the only way to get out of that item is what? Halitha. The hadush is, but once you make your boom, don't think that the halitha is still, uh, you know, in, in play. No, once you make a boom, that, that all you need to get out of it is what? A, a get. And what? You'll also be able to take her back. It's a regular marriage. What's the law? person gets married and then uh, gets divorced. If he wants to take back that wife, he'll be able to. So the Gemara asks, Begarsha beget? What are you talking about? That, that's not a douche. You tell me what, that uh, it's a full marriage that he gets, gives a get? Peshita. That's also Pashut. Which means, Khalitsa was established to break a Yibum. But once they made a Yibum, of course the only way you can get out is a get. Why would I think that you would even need a Khalitsa after the guy made Yibum? That's also Pashut. So what's the Hadush of the Mishnah? Yabara says, no, I wouldn't have thought such. Ma'udetema, I would have thought, V'yibema amar rahmana V'adayn yibumin arishonim aleha Lo tiskela beget ila b'halitza kamashma'alan Which means the Torah comes along and says V'yibema Right, he'll make yibum, it says Yibama yavo aleha Right, Yibama will go with him Ulkaha lo le'isha so it seems that from the way the pasuk is constructed, it's mashma that even if he has relations with him, with her, she's still called a yibama. So she's still called a yibama. After marriage, you would have thought, now if you want to get out of it, you need to get plus a halita. That what? That no, that it's enough to get a uh, get. Not enough, that's all you need, that's right. And uh, that's all it is. Comes Gabaran says, Mahzira Pshita. And then you told me, and he can also remarry her. Isn't that Pashut also? What's the regular law of a guy who's married? Uh, on the contrary, it's Mitzvah to, 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 to remarry his wife. So why would I think if a guy's married to a Yibama and then gets divorced, he cannot marry her back to Yafta Tami? So Gabaran says, No, Maudetema Mitzvah derama Rahmana Ale Avda. Yeah, which means the Mitzvah that was on him to do, he did. Which means Yibum. Normally he would not be able to marry this lady because she's Eshet Ah. Okay, Eshet Ah is a Sumerah Torah. But what? You made a Yibum, so the Yibum overrides the Eshet Ah. The Ashda, but now that he got divorced, Tikum Ale Bisur Eshet Ah. I would have thought that the Eshet Ah is back in play. And therefore I would say, you cannot take her back. Kamash Ma'alan, that you're allowed to take her back. You understand how it's working? Which means, off the bat, this lady, before you did anything, she's Eshet Ah. The Torah is a Hadush. You can make your boom, and I wave the Eshet Ah. Good, now they're married. I would have thought once you get divorced, well, you cannot take her back then. Because now when you're taking her back, it's not a boom situation anymore. So now you're just taking her back a regular Eshet Ah. I would have thought that you cannot uh, take her back. So comes Gimelon and says, Maybe that's true. Who told you that uh, you can't take her back? Maybe they only wave the Eshet Ah for, uh, for the boom, but not, uh, not more than that. Right? <coughs> So really, there's a, there's, a, there's a double question in here. Maybe that you won't be able to take her back, and maybe when you divorce her, you need a halita as well. Because the, it's, the boom is still in play. So 
comes Gemara and says, Amar Kera, Ulkaha lo leisha. The language of the Pasuk is Ulkaha, he will take her, and she will be a wife. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that have to say? Just say Ulkaha. What does that have to say? Ulkaha lo leisha. Once he takes her, she becomes a full-fledged wife, which means regular wife with all the laws. Get, and also he can take her back. The ishat ach is now waived. So long as you made the yibum, right? It's over. So Good. So the uh, quotes over here in the Tosafot, he says, when the Gemara asked that question, the Gemara's question was, oh, what do you mean? Uh, I would have thought that maybe when they get divorced, he cannot go back because now it's Eshet Ah. So Tosafot, what, what, what did you have to ask at that stage? You could have asked even after the first Bi'ah. After the first Bi'ah, Yibum, there's no Yibum anymore. Now already, maybe, maybe you have to get divorced immediately because it's uh, Eshet Ah. So Tosafot says, oh, that was not have a minute to say. Because you assume that when the Torah allows you to get married, they let you get married in the normal uh, way of people getting married. That everyone be on and uh, divorce. Uh, the question was, after, in the event that you leave, can you come back? But the Gemara didn't assume that the Torah was only limiting you to one B'ah and then, uh, you know, not. When Torah says you take a ring, you get married, you get married in a normal way. So that wasn't ever a Havamina, according to the Tosafot, in the, uh, in the Gemara. Is that how you take good by making a B'ah? Correct, but the Tosafot is asking that according to this line of reasoning of the Gemara, that uh, the Eshet Ach is still in play, so after you did the Mitzvah Yibum, she should turn to Eshet Ach now, you should be able to shed the divorce immediately. Why did the Gemara wait to ask that if they got a divorce, you can't go back? Ask before that. Once they made the Yibum, he cannot be with her anymore. Because bottom line, she turns back to an Eshet Ah. So Tosfot just says that they didn't go that far to ask the question. Because they, didn't, they assumed that when the Torah allowed you to make Yibum, they're allowing you to do it in a normal way where a person is about to stay married. The question the Gemara was just when they got a uh, divorce, can you go back? The Gemara is saying, indeed you can go back. Because it's Kishto, the Chodavar. Comes the Gemara continues... Okay, what's the case? Yibama, that makes Yibum. Okay? So what do we say over there? The Yibum, the Yavam, that is, is not obligated to pick Ketubah from his own assets. Where is the Ketubah coming from? Exactly, the Ketubah is coming from the deceased's uh, brother's uh, assets. Okay? That's what the Yavam is Yoresh. And they're all mortgage, that's it, all leaned out for the uh, Ketubah. So Gemara says, "My ta'ama, what's the reason why a yavam doesn't have to pay ketubah from his own money?" So Gemara says, "Isha heknulo min hashamayim." What do you want? He didn't ask for this. The shamayim, the law, put this lady on him now. That's going to cost him money. He's not obligated to pay. He didn't ask for this. This is how Rakas says you have to take this lady as a yavama. Now he has to stop putting money, shelling money out. So the Gemara, Gemara says no charge. You can rely on the assets of the deceased. Oh, but the Gemara says let But let's say the first brother did not have enough funds to pay for the ketubah. Then the Gemara says eat la mishini. So the rabbis established the second guy has to, you know, uh, put the money on the side for the ketubah. Why? Which means, because if the guy knows he doesn't have to pay anything, so then it's going to be easy for him to, to divorce. Which means you can't let them have no uh, uh, ketubah. 
So therefore, in that case over there, the rabbis institute that he has to put money of his own on the side in order to uh, to establish. That's one of the reasons uh, why you make a uh, ketubah. Okay. Only question is, why don't you ask the question the other way? Mm-hmm. It's also, the whole reason the ketubah is we don't want to make it easy for him to divorce. So I understand when, let's say, the original husband didn't have enough money, so we're telling him what, he has to pay it. And he has to pay, he's not going to divorce that first. But why don't you say in the first case, he also, that he, it's also easy for him to get divorced, right? Because he's not paying anything. The brother's paying everything. So the brother's paying anything. Oh, so that's the answer. Because he, he's, he's enjoying this whole time, the perot. So since he's eating the perot, he's not going to, that's exactly what Rishonim says. Since he's eating the perot, he uh, has a benefit uh, not to give it to uh, Once he gives it, I can't eat perot anymore. That, that, that solved that uh, the issue of it. Comes again, Moran says, Lo yomar la hare ketubatech. So what do we learn in the Mishnah? That a Yavam cannot tell his wife, here's the ketubah on the table, and then uh, all the other uh, fields sell. So no, he cannot do that. All the uh, fields have a shi'abud, and he cannot like uh, designate certain monies for her, uh, for her ketubah. Yabala says, oh, and then what did the Mishnah say? Vichin. What is vichin? And Right. Similarly, in ordinary marriage, a husband cannot do that. Husband should not should not do that. Put the money on the table and say, "Listen, this is your uh, ketubah," and then sell the uh, fields. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara asks, "My bechin, why would I think that a regular marriage is worse? That the Mishnah has to go out of its way and say that you should know this, this, this doesn't only apply by uh, yibum and yibama, yavam and yibama, but it also applies by regular marriage. For some reason, I would have thought that by regular marriage this doesn't apply." That's what the Mishnah to go out of its way and say vichin. So the Gemara says my vichin. Why would I think it's any uh, any different? So I'll tell you because there is an intrinsic difference between a yibu marriage and a regular marriage. I would have thought hatamu over there by the yibu case delo katavla diknai udekanena, which is over there the yavam did not commit himself his his own monies. To the three Yavama, he didn't say the Kanai I'm giving Makne money to you. So therefore, since nothing's coming from him, so we want to make it easy for the lady to get a ketubah. So what do we do? We put a freeze on the properties. We're not going to even burden her that if he sells them, he has to, she has to go get them from the Likuhod. Because since he's not pledging anything towards the ketubah, so we're concerned that what? We want to protect her a little more. Uh, therefore, we said what? We put a uh, freeze. However, Right, as she says, the kanai, the lo katavla. Let's read the third line. The lo katavla ketuba hayabam the dechtuba nechasid the kanai keva what I acquired already with the kanena shine atid liknot hilkach ika eva the lo semchad atas sheloyiv dua maot. Which means normally a husband writes in the ketuba whatever I acquire or whatever I'm going to acquire is pledged for your ketuba. So she's uh, she has certain. Uh, 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 she relies on the, she's going to get a ketubah here he's not pledging anything no, all, all it is is this stuff here stuff, something, stuff that he buys is not pledged for the ketubah stuff that he has not pledged for the ketubah so therefore she's worried that uh, I'm not going to get my ketubah away. so therefore to, to calm her down that she shouldn't have any eva strife we put a freeze on the property at least she has simichudat ok the properties are not going anywhere he's not going to sell them now, if he were to sell them she could also go to the liquid and take them out but we don't even, we don't even want to do that because already she's nervous, so therefore we say put a freeze. However, by a regular marriage, 
where he writes in the Ketubah that whatever I have and whatever I'm going to buy is pledged for your Ketubah I would have thought what? that you that and therefore you don't have to put a freeze on the properties therefore the Mishnah comes along and says still even by a regular marriage the guy shouldn't put monies on the table and sell uh, properties now why shouldn't he do that? so he says the reason is because also Eva, um, because she's gonna say, "What do you mean? You're ready preparing all my money for the ketubah? Ready? Yeah, you want to divorce me uh, quickly like that? You're ready preparing uh, the money's on the side? So the Mishnah is really giving aitza when it comes to a uh, regular marriage. Why a case of a yibum case? You have to do it. A case of yibum, uh, it's uh, it's going to be uh, problematic because she's, she's at a disadvantage. So the Gemara says, you know what? You should do the same thing by a regular marriage. Why would I think differently? Because she's not saying. Because over there he's saying the kane or the kanena. He's saying whatever I own and whatever I'm going to buy, it's pledged for the ketubah. So you might have thought, okay, she's sumech daat, and therefore uh, she doesn't care. She, she knows she's going to get paid the uh, uh, the ketubah, and therefore she's really not uh, worried because she has the assets are coming in. He pledged himself to the ketubah. So the Gemara says, you're right, but still don't do it. You know why? Because we're concerned. Once the guy puts the money on the side for the Kedubah, it creates a little, uh, you know, eva amongst the uh, husband and the wife. It's a prenup? It's, it's more than that. So it's, 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 then they put the money's there on the table. That, that, that's the money. So then she's seeing the money every day of the, the 200 zoos. So it's like it doesn't cause good, uh, right, doesn't cause goodwill amongst Tatamikala. The Gemara further and quotes... Uh, from the Mishnah, Gersha en la ela ketubata. Okay, what's the case? Yavam divorces the Yavama. Okay, so then already you give her the ketubah. Then already all properties become unfrozen, and he just has to pay her uh, the one hundred or two hundred zoos, uh, and that's it. So comes Gemara and says, Gersha in. Again, only if you divorce, uh, then already the properties become unfrozen and you pay the ketubah. Lo lo. But if you didn't divorce, you're not going to be able to sell the properties because there's a shi'abud. So the Gemara says, Kamash ma'alan, Rabbi Abba. That's uh, supporting Rabbi Abba. What did Rabbi Abba say? Rabbi Abba said that if a person wants to, let's say, marry a Yebama and he wants to sell. Uh, his brother's uh, assets and stuff like that without his uh, permission of his wife. So what do we say to be Abbas said? The only way you do it is you got to divorce and then remarry. Because as long as you're married, the property's a lot. So you see clearly over here that that's the Mishnah saying. Because the Mishnah said that before, once they're married, so then you cannot do anything. Once they're divorced, then he pays the ketubah and you can sell the properties. Mashmawat, so long as they're married, you can't sell the properties. Exactly what the Abbas said. Rabbi Abbas said, if he wants to unfreeze properties, the only item to do is what? Divorce, unfreeze, and then get remarried. So the Mishnah is a support to that uh, opinion in how to unfreeze properties. Comes again, but I continue. Now let's say the Avam remarried his Yivama. Remember, we're just going in order of the Mishnah. These are all the cases of the Mishnah. So what does he do? So she's like all the regular uh, ladies. Now we're talking about over here, we didn't pay the Ketubah yet. So with the deen is over ve'en la'ela ketubata. So then she only gets one ketubah. I mean, she just gets the ketubah. The avam made the yibum. 
Okay? He got divorced. He didn't pay her a ketubah yet. He would not have to pay her a ketubah from his estate, but the, the estate of the original husband. Well, he, he's, he's the only one that's alive then, so he has to figure, make, her, make, her, make a payment. But before he paid, he remarried her. So the law is when he remarries her, it, no, the old ketubah stays in place. Don't think now that he owes one ketubah from the first marriage, and there's another pledge to another ketubah for the second marriage. It says no, everything goes back as nothing happened, and therefore the original ketubah is still in place. That was the deen of the Mishnah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which means, what, what, what are you telling me over here? Which means, what are you telling me when a Yibama gets married and then uh, he takes her back? We know that already. Tanina, we learned already in the Mishnah later on. Which means, we know that. You didn't have to give me a case by Yibum. We have the case already by a regular marriage. Forget about Yibum case. Ish ve Isha. They're married. He has Hayav Ketubah? Yes. They get the divorce. They get the divorce. Hayav Ketubah? Yes. He didn't pay the Ketubah. They got remarried. What's the law? Everything goes back to the to square one. He just... Um, she, she just pays the... Uh, he, he just has to pay the original Ketubah. So we know that law already. Why did the Mishnah have to give us a case of Yavam to Yavama? Why would a Yavam and a Yavama be any different than a regular case of Ish ve Isha? So Yavara says, Ma'u de Tema... I'll say, yeah, maybe by a regular marriage, who's writing the ketubah? He's writing the marriage. He's writing the ketubah. So therefore, if he's writing the ketubah, he can say, listen, I wrote the ketubah, and now uh, that same ketubah is uh, pledged uh, uh, in the second marriage. However, which means I would have thought by Yibum, the first ketubah is not coming from him. The first ketubah is coming from the estate. So I might have thought when you remarry, now the ketubah has got to come from him. Because now it's his marriage. So I would have thought that there's got to be two ketubahs in play over here. Kamash Malan, it's not so. We can still maintain the original ketubah from the original estate. Mm-hmm. But you understand why I would think it would be a little different? Because originally when the Yavam and Yavam, Yavam get married, where's the ketubah coming from? Not from him. It's coming from the estate. Good. So now they got divorced. <clears throat> Good. So that, no, that, that estate now has to pay. Ketubah. Right, right. Now, it didn't pay yet. He remarries her. I would have thought, now once he remarries her on his, from his own volition, I would have thought now he has to pledge a ketubah from himself. And therefore she might get two ketubah. She gets the ketubah from the first marriage, which wasn't coming from him. It's coming from the estate. And then that he's marrying her voluntarily again, that ketubah is coming from him. Kamash malan. It's like a regular marriage. And therefore there's only one ketubah, even in the case of a... Yibum. Kamala continues... Amar Rav Yehuda Barishona Yukodim Libtula Mataimul Almana Maneh. Originally, they used to just write in the Kitubah, if she's a Betula, she gets 200, if she's Almana, she gets 100. And they used to designate that money, and there was no Shabun Nechasim, which means there was no liens on any of the properties. We put money aside, and that was the money designated for the Kitubah. However, what happened as a result of it, the girls became old, they became old ladies. Mm-hmm. And nobody was getting married. Which means that she says, Because the girls don't want to get married under such conditions. Why? They're not going any money around. We're worried about the inheritors. They're going to take the money of the uh, ketubah. They're going to hide it. They inherit it. They're going to say, we have no money for the ketubah. There's no ahliyut nechassim. You can't claim it from anywhere. We lost the envelope, and therefore they're not going to get uh, ketubah. So it, was, it was refraining people from getting married. 
So what happened? Al-Shebaz, Shem'on, Ben Shattach, V'tiken kol nechassin acharai nechtubatah. Until he established Shalom and Shattach, that all the property has a lien on it for the ketubah to be paid. So that uh, became now uh, back to the incentive to get married. So comes the Gabbara and says, Tanya Nehemiah, have a bright to support this. Berishona, hayu kotvim liptula matayim ul almana maneh. Which means they would write 200 and 100 for almana. Uh, what happened? They were getting old, and the people weren't getting married as a result of it because the ladies did not trust that they were going to get the ketubah because the Yorshin are able to uh, hide it. So comes again what it says, So they made a different takana. said, okay, we got to keep it away from the Yorshin. So what they do? They kept it by her father's house, which means they put the money for the ketubah by the father's house. The Adayin, but they still didn't like that idea. Why? When he's angry at his wife, go next to your ketubah. Which is, it was easy for him to divorce because the ketubah is paid up basically. It's by the father's house, so uh, he gets a little angry. He says, "You know, go back to your father's house and go where your ketubah is." So that was wasn't good either. So comes again what it says. So they brought him by his house, which means by the father's house. That's where they used to live in the olden days. By the father's house, I mean he used to keep it by him. So what's the advantage of keeping it uh, by him? So it says, Ashirot osot otak kelatot shel kesef v'shel zahab. And they had usage with the money. So they gave them advantage. We'll keep the ketubah money by uh, by the house, where they're living, with hamia. The rich ladies, they would take the the monies, and they would buy, let's say, kelatot shel zahab. Those like baskets that they used to wear, also like his hats and things like that, or put their uh, uh, wares in it, like we'll see in Ashi in a moment, and they would spend it uh, on uh, those things. Aniyot and the poor ladies, Hayu Osot Otan They would make it uh, like a, a urinal uh, out of it for the Meraglayim. The fourth points out, what do you mean? Uh, if it's the same uh, price in the Kitubah, you know, so one's making something out of gold, and one's making right. uh, something cheap. So Tosfot says it was more of a wasn't Abichel Medaglim like we're learning it. Tosfot says Abichel Nehoshet has a girsa. The bottom Tosfot was made out of actually uh, copper. Shenotnin bo anavim. Okay, they put in it uh, grapes and things like that. Fine. In any event, that idea still wasn't good. Let's read Rashi for a second. Ashirot. Oh, well, she says, they had a big ketubah, so that's why it was gold. Because they were able to you know, use the monies for more expensive things. Kalatot, kemin sal, shemanihin al-rosha. So the best they put on their head. Venotot which means they put their weaving uh, utensils in the uh, in this uh, basket they wear on their head. Abit the memera so what was the benefit of doing that? The benefit of doing that was at least she gets usage out of it. So therefore they figured, uh, you know, it's uh, a benefit. But at the end that wasn't good as well. Why? When uh, he got angry, Again, it's, it's too local, the ketubah. It's still right there. Take your ketubah and get out. So even the advantage of having her hold on to it, which is at least there's no heirs anymore. The heirs don't have to, you shouldn't have to worry about the heirs trying to take it. Because she's holding on to the ketubah itself. She was even allowed to use it. But still, she's, it's next to her. So therefore the husband can say, take your ketubah and get out. It's too too accessible for the husband to make a, a, a get. Until Shemom Mishatah came along, which means until Shemom Mishatah came along and said that the assets 
are going to be uh, uh, leaned for the ketubah. She says, "Veloi hedla ketubah b'metatelin." They stop uh, putting money on the side for the uh, ketubah in order to alleviate these problems. Hadran halach ha'isha.